Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast about disrupting your life to spark new evolution. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I want to uh, talk about a direction that we're going in at Evolve. As Miles and I have been discussing lately, we thought that uh, it would be fun to play with the idea of batching content. For those of you that have been listening to Evolve for some time, you know that we have four basic beliefs or tenets that uh, in order to evolve your life, uh, you first have to disrupt it, and then you get into the four tenets of evolving your body, evolving your mind, evolving your soul, and evolving your tribe. Any true evolution is not just about taking and improving one area or trying something and then letting it go, but it's about stacking simple habits on top of each other so that uh, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, you have truly evolved into another uh, better form of who you are. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't want you to become a different person, but we want you to become a better person of who you are. So with that, we are wrapping up in the last episode with Nicole Johnson, uh, our segment on evolving your body. I'm really excited as we jump into this particular episode with Carlos Deborah because we are moving into an evolve your mind uh, segment. And so we have several great episodes that are coming up and I'm really excited to introduce and reintroduce some guests that we've actually had on the podcast before as we go through the Evolve Your Mind uh, series. Now, the reason we decided that Carlos and this episode with Carlos was a great way to kick off the episode, or excuse me, the uh, series on Evolving Your Mind is because I think that we have an opportunity in society to create an evolution in how we think about inclusion and how we think about human beings in general. Uh, I, you know, I will say that uh, on the Evolve podcast, as you well know, for anybody that's listened to us for any period of time, we're not here to treat, diagnose, or uh, really even tell people how to live their lives. We simply want to present ideas. We want to play with ideas. We want to uh, have some interesting conversations. And we're very open to the idea of discussion, discussing a multitude of things. I had somebody ask me one time, well, Steve, you guys are all over the place with your topics. Why is that? And I've got probably two reasons for it. Number one, each one of these uh, episodes that we've done from day one to now fits into some sort of evolve your mind, body, soul, tribe. Uh, 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 yeah, mind, body, soul, tribe. I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, Peace. And so uh, that's number one is it's not all over the place. It fits into one of those uh, four buckets. The other thing is that it's authentic to who we are. Miles and I are both extremely fascinated by a multitude of things. We may be listening to jamming out to uh, heavy metal one day and then the very next day we're appreciating classical music. 
Um, in fact, I was having a conversation a couple of days ago with a, uh, a couple of guys that I work with talking about this uh, heavy metal that uh, they were just getting into, loved the music. And tonight, my wife and I are going out with uh, some other folks to, uh, to the symphony to appreciate the symphony tonight. So uh, everything we do fits into one of those four buckets, evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul and evolve your tribe. But it's also authentic to who we are. So why Carlos? Well, I believe that we have an opportunity in society to break down a lot of walls and become allies for those who have been previously oppressed or dismissed. Now, regardless of what your perspective on things like a gay marriage or uh, the equal rights for people or anything uh, that has anything to do with the LGBTQ uh, community, I think it's an important conversation to have. And I think that as we continue to move forward and look at an evolution of society where we are expansive and inclusive of people, I think it's important to hear from people who are uh, living and who are in that community. And so you'll hear us talk to Carlos today about how uh, people like Miles and I, we've got a, I am, uh, if you don't know me, I'm a, a guy that lives in Utah. I grew up in a, in a very religious uh, household, um, white bread uh, Utah guy. And then we have Miles who uh, grew up in Harlem, um, a black guy from New York, white guy from Utah. And here we are having a conversation. Uh, with a, uh, a Mexican living in Utah who is uh, gay and married to another man. And what a cool and phenomenal thing that is to me in my mind. Uh, and Carlos does a great job of educating Miles and myself and I think the rest of the uh, community that listen to this on what it can take to become an ally. Now, we do talk a little bit about religion. I do share some of my perspectives and I uh, need people to understand that what I share about my perspective with uh, religion and my history with religion and where I uh, disagree uh, in some, some ways with the religious constructs relative to people in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, the comments I make are not intended to be harmful or hurtful, although they may cause some people to say, hey, you know what, Steve, we disagree with you, which I'm completely comfortable with. I understand that who I am, how I am, how I think is not going to resonate with everybody. And I would love to have a conversation with people that uh, disagree with me, because I think we can do so as adults in a very... Um, uh, in a very mature manner and have intellectual discussion and it doesn't have to create enmity there. Um, but I will say, I think this is an amazing conversation with Carlos coming from a different country, living in Utah, that is a very, uh, you know, dominated space, a very socially dominated space by a religion that has uh, been very clear in the past of being against uh, gay marriage and against equal rights for people in the LGBTQ plus community. And Carlos does a phenomenal job of not only walking us through his perspective on all of that, but also how we can open ourselves up to love and compassion and understanding each other and becoming allies for people in that community. 
So here's my ask. I would ask that you listen to the podcast and take it in the context that it's intended, which is to educate and to uh, help to open up discussions for growth and evolution in your own life, but also in our society. The second thing is, I believe that this is just a beginning, an initial conversation. Carlos is the first person we have on the podcast coming and talking about this issue that I think is an important issue. And so if you are in the LGBTQ plus community, I would love to hear from you uh, to see if it's something that we could further this conversation on how we evolve our minds to include and to listen and to hear from people who are different than us, people who may have a different perspective, people who are wired different, people uh, who come from a different culture, whatever it is. And so if you're in that community and you say, hey, Steve, I've got something that I would like to bring to the table, let's talk. Uh, I'm not saying we will do a, an episode, uh, but I would, uh, like anything else, I'm more than willing to discuss it and see if we do have an episode that could be created. Uh, so with that, I want to welcome you to this episode of not only the Evolve podcast, but I also want to welcome you to our next series that we're doing on the Evolve Your Mind focus. So without further ado, here's our episode 57 on Becoming an Ally with Carlos Deborah Boyer. Miles, you're looking especially dapper tonight. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm looking pretty cool. I like that. My Evolve, <clears throat> the Evolve shirt, the green one. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. The Evolve yeah. uh, hoodie with the green, uh, the green logo. I kind of, I, I was trying to decide whether or not we should do that because a lot of brands don't do different colors for their logo. But, uh, when I was building that one online, I thought, nah, I, I, we got to do it. The green with the yellow, it looks pretty good. Well, I tell you so. Like the um, the inside, I mean, the outside feels just as good as the inside. This is really like a really cool fabric that they put this together with. I really like this. It's a comfortable one, especially for the cold weather. You you experienced a lot of cold weather lately, right? Yeah, last couple of days actually been really nice. We've been like in the forties. The snow is still here, but it's been in the forties. Uh, today I walked out with flip flops on in like a foot of snow. <laughs> I don't know why that doesn't surprise me. But what was the big snowstorm? You got snowed in for a couple of days, right? Oh, yeah. It, was, it snowed straight for 24 hours. It was 24 hours. And then there was like a four or five hour respite and then another 12 hours. So all together. Oh, wow. It, it was like two and a half, three feet of snow. And you get a little bit of that lake effect snow where you're at up in Ohio, right? Oh, yeah. It was freezing. Yeah. But it was beautiful. You know, that's the one thing I, I I love about living in a small town. Like in a small town, when when it snows, it's really gorgeous. Like it's you know the snow is white. It's not dirty. Like in New York, the snow gets dirty real fast. Yeah. Here yeah. it doesn't, and people don't go out. So if you go out, it still has that pristine look. Yeah, you it's know, beautiful this, to be around. New powder. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, small towns so, are interesting. <laughs> I mean, being in a small town, I think that there can be small town ideas, but. Uh, uh, th that doesn't always just happen in small towns, does it? I mean, uh, sometimes no. small towns can actually be evolutionary in the way that they think. And tonight, um, we're really fortunate. We have a gentleman that I'm, I'm excited. And I got to be honest, I think I'm probably as excited for this conversation as I have been about any conversation, because we're going to talk about maybe some old ideas that people have 
and how they can evolve past them. In fact, I hope that this is one of those messages that we can get out to the entire world because I think it's, uh, it, it, it's overdue. You can jump in there, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to let you go on. You were talking about small town and progressiveness. And, you know, I'm just letting you go on because, you know, I live in a small progressive town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, my town is pretty hip, you know. We, we, we live in the middle of, you know, that, 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 that other side of the political spectrum. We're like ensconced right in the middle of it. But I'm living in a really progressive, really, really, really cool town. So yeah. that being said. We should get into this. <laughs> well, let's get into it. We're really fortunate tonight because uh, we are going to have a gentleman on who is going to evolve your mind and hopefully evolve your soul with the topic tonight. So with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve podcast. Joining me from his progressive small town of Overland, Ohio, is the most interesting man that I know, W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. And in the mountains of Utah, I am Steve Cutler. Today's guest is Carlos Deborah Boyer. And Carlos, we are so fortunate to have you uh, joining us tonight. I, I knew we couldn't do any justice to reading a bio uh, of you. So we just thought, let's have you tell us a little bit about yourself. So tell our listeners about you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And I'm really happy to be here with you guys tonight. Um, so like you said, my name is Carlos Deborah Boyer. Um, you can find us on social media as such. Um, and yeah, a little bit about me. I've been here in Utah since 2015. I was actually born and raised in Mexico City. My family since then has relocated to Guadalajara where they live and they're pretty happy there. Um, back in 2015, I decided I wanted to come to school here in Utah. So um, I started exploring schools and then I found a college that I wanted to attend. Um, then, you know, that's when I, I, life happened. I met my husband. So Utah became home. We've been married since 2017, January. So we just had our fifth anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, time goes by really quick. Um, but yeah, um, I currently work in finances. Uh, and we have a home here in South Jordan, here in Utah, and we have a child, which is a little fur baby. But yeah, that's a little <laughs> That's great. Well, we're excited to have you on. Um, this was a topic I, you and I started communicating about uh, several months ago. We had to postpone another uh, a previous episode uh, for some scheduling conflict. But I've been really looking forward to this because you are um, such a great guy. And, you know, when we met, I don't know how many years ago, I was just really impressed with what a positive, uh, outgoing, uplifting type of uh, human being you are. Um, but you've had some challenges living here in Utah um, and fighting against some dogmas or some stigmas that are out there. Uh, and so I just said, hey, why don't we do an episode and talk about what does it mean to be an ally to the LGBT community or LGBTQ community? Uh, I know that you are managing a Facebook page at this point. Is that correct? 
Uh, that is correct. Uh, the page is called Youth Pride Stories. Um, it's just kind of aimed to inspire others that live locally or, you know, out of state or anywhere in the world just to learn about people who are here in Utah and have successfully lived their authentic lives. Um, obviously, everyone's had challenges, but the purpose is just to inspire others to know that they're not alone, whether you're a member of the community or an ally. Uh, there's others here. Yeah, so talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, you've learned in managing this Facebook page. So thankfully, I feel like I've been able to create a really good network of friends here in the Valley. Um, you know, Utah, it's, it's a different place than everywhere else. And I feel that's what creates a sense of brotherhood uh, within the LGBTQIA plus uh, community and allies. Um, we are very close to each other. It seems like everyone knows each other um, because there's that opposition sometimes. So it brings us together. Um, so I feel like I've created this really good network of friends and allies. Um, and it, you know, we we support each other. And I would say that I've been quite surprised about the support that I receive from people from all different backgrounds, like you. You. What you just said it was really nice and it really means a lot to us um you know like when i think of an ally what do i think of i think someone that doesn't necessarily have to be all the time like cheering on or like yeah like uh, marriage equality gay rights uh lesbian rights transgender rights no it doesn't necessarily have to be like that but we also appreciate it when someone treats us like a regular person um I would like to give the example of like a neighbor I have here, a few houses down. Ever since we moved in, um, she was finishing building up her house when we moved in, but we immediately had a friendship. Um, they're, they're members of the church here, um, but that didn't matter. Um, it was just like an instant connection with us and they've been really, really good friends with us. Um, you know, they never said anything about us being two guys. They were just like, oh, we're happy to be your neighbors. Mm. They come to our house. We have dinners. We have parties, uh, birthdays, and all that. And they, they've they just treated us like they treat any other couple in the street. So that, to us, shows support. Um, a lot of times, like I said, it doesn't have to be someone screaming out, I support you. Just by the fact that you're treating us equally to you would treat anyone else, that is support and that I, I highly consider that would make you an ally. I think it's interesting that you bring that up and, and um, I, it's a great point, but at the same time, it also makes me sad that when you say, hey, just treat us like you would any normal human being, any other human being, like that's sad to me because all too often that's not the case. And I think people who are in the community are not treated. Uh, like that they like they're equal or that they are like everyone else. Yeah, I I think I, I yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, I feel like it's little steps that society needs to take. Like you're right, you know, like bottom line should be like the baseline should be everyone should be treated equally. Right. 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 Uh, and I do believe that society is moving towards that direction and little steps. Um, but, but yeah, um, bottom line is like, 
when someone comes up to you and just treats you normal, because um, you know, you I face the opposite where um, actually I was just uh, on the phone um, the other day with a doctor. I can't remember what, what I was on the phone with. And I, I mentioned that my husband um, and uh, the lady on the phone knew I was a male and she co- uh, continued on mentioning, oh, your roommate. And I was like, hmm. no, my husband. <laughs> Right. And every time she would bring up, uh, bring up my husband, she would say, oh, like and your roommate. And I kept on saying uh, he is my husband. Right. So it's it's little things like that where you can tell that some people are still not comfortable with addressing my husband as my husband. So, I mean, <laughs> that's when I say like, you know, the, the, those little steps, you know, like if someone came up to me and say like, oh, your, your wife, and I say, oh, sorry, I have a husband. And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Like, you can tell they're sincere, even though their yeah. mind automatically went to wife, um, they felt sincerely bad that they just assumed, but they had no problem readdressing us as husband. And those little things show you that society is, is moving little by little in the right direction, even though we still have some people that seem to resist that. So let's talk about the, some next steps. Basics are um, treat treat people in the community as if they are the same as everybody else, right? Treat with the same amount of respect, um, respect the, the titles. I mean, I think that's an important thing. What else? What, what can people do to become allies? I would say um, always ask questions, you know. Um, I feel like there's a lot of fear about asking questions um, to members of the community because you may offend them. I mean, we can always tell where some when some where someone is coming from right we know if someone is asking a question because they're sincerely curious mm-hmm. or they're just asking just to offend right and i can 100% tell you that i've been approached before with questions you know like my manager at work uh, one time just approached me on the side and say like hey we're trying to create a more inclusive community here but um, i'm really struggling with pronouns right like i I, I don't know how to address people sometimes and I don't want to offend them, you know. Um, I don't know if I should call him a he or a she or a they. <clears throat> and and I told him that, like, you know what, sincerely, you can come up to that person and ask them, what are your pronouns? I'd be more, hap- more than happy to address you as such. And, you know, sometimes your brain may be like, oh, like automatically throw the he or she there when they may be not that pronoun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can tell when they're trying and it was a mistake and they apologize and do that. And then they, and they ask questions. Like I would say, I always, you, we can always tell when someone is coming from a good place and they sincerely wanna know how they can address us. If we prefer to call our husband or a partner, like ask questions to your friends, to your LGBTQIA friends and they will, they will guide you and they'll be happy to educate you. I think that's an important point that if you are asking questions and you do have the right intent, um, then you can get help. I mean, why not, right? That's, a, that's important in any aspect of life. Why not ask questions to get that? Um, all right, so treat people with respect, ask questions, 
What else? Can I, um, can I, can I get something in there? Can oh, I, can I? <laughs> no. I, I, I? Because this is perfect because I love this dynamic. I love this dynamic. And the reason why I love the dynamic that's happening right now is because I keep, and Steve, I, you and I talked about this when the BLM movement was going on and you called me up and asked me yeah, questions. Right. But I think one of the other subtler ways of being an ally is this. When people say ignorant shit because the other is not around. So all of a sudden, you know, I find myself in the company of a group of people and somebody starts talk, having slurs to the community. And instead of me standing there comfortably or, or smiling that uncle, you know, sometimes when people tell jokes, people have a tendency to smile in that uncomfortable way. They, they disagree with them, but they're afraid to say anything. I think people like me, we, we need to speak up. We need to speak up. We need to say things like, yo, that's ignorant. And you don't know, why don't you just get to know these people because they're human beings just like everybody else. But I think that's where we step in. You know, I, I've been in situations where, you know, ignorant men have said things about women, you know, showing their misogyny. And and I don't let the shit go by. I don't let it go by. I, I, like I get on people, whether it might get confrontational, usually it doesn't. But I think we are like the agents for the other or like mm -hmm. the, the real allies of the other. So when we find ourselves in ignorant communities and people saying things, we got to speak up. Yeah, it's a great point. I love that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, what you just said, Miles, like it really touched me because, you know, I've, I've heard stories, you know, where people are making jokes and they think that it's not going to go anywhere. It's just between friends, you know, but you never yeah. know who's listening, right? There may be a, a child or someone or one of your friends who's pretended uh, their entire life to be someone that they're not, and they're listening to you making these jokes, uh, and all of a the sudden they feel little. They feel like, okay, I think I'm never going to be able to share with them who I really am. Yeah. You know, by by having someone speak up and just say like, "Hey, let, let's treat each other with respect," and you know, let's let's not let's not do that. Then you're having the opposite effect where that person will see that and will say like, "Wow, like I I have support, like I can I can share my truth with them." So there's yeah. someone listening. Like you never know. Like it's if you don't have anything good to say, just. Just don't say it, because someone will be hearing. Yeah, yeah it's interesting when you look point. at uh, when you look at people. Uh, it's 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 so interesting. Even though what I said, um, I'm, there's a there's a an element to it that I, that that I tried to address. Sometimes it's not about the person who says the derogatory thing; it's the people standing around who like laugh and applaud it. You know, recently I forgot what politician she was standing in. She was talking about um, another politician, uh, Ilan Omar, and they were talking about she made these jokes at this this conference or something like that. And everybody was cracking up. And when everybody was cracking up, it gives the the speaker like this this energy to go on. Yeah, and, and yeah, and you and I can mm -hmm. imagine. I imagine had most of the people in there just stopped laughing and looked at her with a sense of derision, she would have felt uncomfortable and she would start to see that she's on the wrong side of history. 
Yeah. So oftentimes it's it's how others respond if somebody tells a joke and everybody starts laughing. That's part of the problem too. Yeah, Carlos, I like what you said that you, you just never know who's listening because there might be a child that um, yeah. is not living their truth, has not um, come out and is you know questioning how they should live. What, 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 is, what is my life and who am I? And if you don't stand up in a situation like that, then you're empowering the hatred. You're empowering something that should not be empowered. And I, I mean, we, we talked about this a few episodes ago when we had uh, our good friend Abby Daw on and Abby was telling her story oh, yeah. about when she came out. Yeah. And I mean, tell me your thoughts on this, but I, I would love to get to a world where that doesn't have to be a thing where, you know, coming out of the closet doesn't have to be a thing. We just accept people for who they are. You can identify as however you want to identify, but that, but that it becomes this big thing. It just, like you said, with your neighbor, it doesn't matter if it's you and your husband or another person and their wife or two wives, like, why is that a thing? Why do we care? What's the difference? I mean, I know you and your husband and you guys are wonderful people and it, it doesn't, like to me it doesn't matter you know what i mean like we're all the same but at the same time i know that you're going through things i know that you have to deal with things that are different so um standing up for other people what are what are some other things that people can do to be strong allies i love that you brought up something that i feel like um <clears throat> society may not be just uh, like completely ready to hear because um, it's not as common um, where you say when someone has two wives, right? right? Like, I love that that you're looking past everything, right? You're, I mean, people now are coming familiar with like being gay, being trans, lesbian, bisexual, sure. and all those things. And I was, I, I was recently in Europe, and um, there was one thing that a European, a French person shared with me that really touched me. And he said that, you know, they they just live their lives and they just don't worry about others, right? Like mm. he, he, he knew people, he knew um, throuples, right? Uh, people who are in a relationship with multiple people. And for them, mm. it's just like, they just look at that and it's like, you know what, whatever works for you. You know, if you love multiple people and then it works for you, that's your prerogative. Like we we don't have to question your your decision. So I feel like when you get to that state of mind where you start thinking like, why are we judging based on the rules that society set for us way back? Like, why are we not creating our own rules? We're evolving as humans. Our hearts are evolving. We're able to comprehend more and just, just to see all these different lifestyles. So I feel like when you expand your mind and you let yourself learn that there's more than just black and white is when you start saying like, why not? Like, if that makes them happy, why, why would I care what they're doing, right? As long as they're not hurting others. Like, I, 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 I love you share that, that was awesome. So talk about some of the stigmas, though, um, because I, when, I, when you look at any type of prejudice, any type of bigotry, anything that, that is, what did you say, Miles, before we started the show? We want to take prejudice and take it out back and shoot it in the head. Murder it. <laughs> Murder it. 
we really want to do that i think with this episode is we want to take the prejudice and just take it out back and beat the shit out of it because right when when we shine a light on what is then i think it's really difficult to sit in that prejudice space i think it's really difficult because all prejudice is based in false emotion there's there's no real logic behind it i had an argument um with a, a friend uh, a few months ago about this idea of gay rights and you know should uh married couples should gay married couples have the same rights as um straight married couples and we argued for a bit and he threw something out there um, that was the most ridiculous non-logical uh statement and i just looked at him i said you know you I, I used to think you were a pretty smart guy until you just said that it's the most ridiculous thing there's no logic to it he's like well no but it makes a lot of sense and then went into this hard emotional thing as to why somehow that did, that it didn't make sense that people shouldn't you know people in the gay community shouldn't have the same rights and at that point i just said we're not going to agree at all we need to we need to end this conversation right now because i'm not going to go further you know how i feel about this i disagree with you completely and um i don't want to get into a fight over it so you didn't take him out back and put the bullets in his head i couldn't do that what's wrong with you steve Next time. <laughs> so, Carlos, let's talk about what are some of the prejudice? What's some of the ignorance that, that, that you have to overcome? I feel like, um, you know, one of the common ones that you always hear um, is like when very um, always people like they, they ask you like, oh, like, who's the man? Who's the woman? Right. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> who's the man? Who's the man in the relationship and who's the woman? Right. right. It's it's always such a funny question when you think about it, because if it, that was the case, if someone was to take the role of a woman and if the other person was to take the role of a man, is that really a homosexual couple? Like, <laughs> That's a good point. The whole principle that we are both men and we right. are attracted to men. Yeah. So that, that's a funny one that I've always find interesting, but there's always that person that asks that question. So um, I think that's a funny one to overcome. That is a pretty funny one. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying. Funny, but very ignorant. So I, I think that uh, it's people maybe asking that question from their own frame of reference. All they know is man and woman. And so they're trying to figure out which one is which. What, what are some irony. others? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, no, Steve. I was just going to say, what are some others that you have to uh, uh some other ignorant uh, prejudices that you have to overcome? I would say something that I've seen, um, it's like, uh, you know, people being afraid of being, letting their feminine side be shown. Like we have mm. this uh, fragile masculinity everywhere where like, you know, you're taught men don't cry, you know, men don't do this, men are tough, they suck it up and um, I feel like within the LGBTQ community, but also just everyone, I feel like we need to get, look past that. And we're all humans. We all have feelings. You know, sometimes you just feel like you want to be soft and sensitive, and that doesn't make you less of a man or a woman. Like, it it, it doesn't change you. Like, why, why are we telling people they shouldn't show emotions I, it should be the opposite, like just make him feel safe and say like, hey, if you want to express your emotions, if you want to dress a certain way, 
you know, if you want to, if you're a guy and you want to paint your nails, like if that makes you feel empowered, go ahead and do it. You want to wear makeup. If a woman doesn't want to wear makeup, um, you know, just do what makes you feel empowered and what makes you feel happy and confident. Don't, don't let other people put a label on you. Say, oh, because you're doing this, you're not a man or you're not a woman, you know, like, Let's look past that and just let people shine the best way they know how to shine. Yeah, that's got to be a really difficult one because not only are there stigmas out there about what a man and what a woman are, um, but then to say, okay, now you're a part of the to, of this community, and so we're gonna. How do we fit you into that box while being in that community? I mean, that seems like an impossible task to define, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like. People need to realize that, yeah, there's gay, there's straight, there's, there's bisexual, but within each of those labels, there's so many flavors and colors, right? You have gay men that love to dress, you know, they like to put a skirt on, put heels on. You have gay men that feel very comfortable with just being completely masculine, you know, um, and they still have that attraction to men. So we need to look past that label, like just all labels and think, okay, he may be straight. Yeah, he's a straight dude, but he he enjoys to dress nicely. You know, he enjoy, enjoys to be manicured. Like that doesn't make him gay. He's just, he just enjoys that, right? And gay man, like it does, you don't have to act a certain way to be gay we come in all different in sizes and colors and attitudes characters everything yeah great way to put it what are some other stigmas that you have to overcome how do we break down some of this ignorance um i would say i'm i'm, I'm trying to think here um about their stigmas um you know the interesting part about all this is when, when i think about it we're, all we're really talking about is sex, because that's the biggest part that people have trouble with. Right. If the biggest part is like two people who appear to be the same sex are having sex. And, and that's where the argument, everybody loses their minds. <laughs> and, and they realize when people finish having sex, like when, when sex is done, what, what happens? People turn around and look at each other. What do you want to eat? You want to go to the movies tonight? What do you know? What's your job? How's how's the job going? Uh, when are we going on vacation? Christmas is coming, so we got to get gifts for a grandpa. We got to give gifts for grandma. Da, 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 da. So right after the sex is over, everybody pretty much is doing the same thing. So yeah. people are losing their minds with the sex. It's like two people, two women are having sex, two guys are having sex. And, and that's the thing right there, the, the ignorance of understanding. And you know, as I usually tell people, it's just really funny. I said, if you if you put a microphone inside of a room of two women having sex, two men having sex, a heterosexual couple, a, a transgender couple, and you put a microphone and you listen, you're gonna hear the same goddamn sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so why do we care what goes on in the bedroom? Right, and, but most people are centered around the sex. Is that that's what troubles them? Yeah, that's what troubles them. That two people of the same sex, or how whatever whatever sex they're having, that's what bothers people. And you just kind of look at people and go, "So you sit around in your house getting uptight at this?" <laughs> so, Carlos, I want to ask you because I, that, this is something Miles and I have talked about um, 
uh, on a regular basis over the years. In fact, there was, uh, what was it, a few years ago, Miles says, hey, there's a movie, you gotta go see it. Um, he knows I love art. We we uh, we both love art. He's a musician. I'm a, I'm a painter, and so he goes, "Come on down. Let's go to this movie together." So we go down to Broadway and we go watch this movie, Loving Vincent. It's all about uh, Vincent Van Gogh's life. We get finished with it. We you know um, grab some food afterwards, and then I'm like, "All right, I gotta head home." And he looks at me, and goes, "Man." We just had a great date, didn't we? And, <laughs> and so we've talked about this concept that, that he just presented. But far too often you hear that um, if we give gay people rights the same as what straight people have, that it affects the straight people. You know, it affects them somehow. I don't understand that. Help, help people <laughs> talk about that. I, I, I mean, how do you... How do you respond to that when you hear that, when somebody says, no, uh, people in the community should not have the same rights as people outside of the community? Um, how, how do you respond? You know, I, growing up, my my mom is a very important person to me in my life because she, she always tried her best to raise me and teach me the right things. Um, she always told me that, you know, your happiness uh, you can extend it as far as it doesn't touch the other happiness, right? Mm. And, and I respect Very wise. the other person's rights, you know? So, like, I've heard so many times, like, oh, a gay couple shouldn't adopt because then a straight couple won't have the opportunity to adopt that child and have a normal life, right? But we have these agencies that are in charge of, like, helping people adopt, and it, they're going to go based off who fits best as parents for that specific kid's needs. You know, it could be another, it doesn't mean that because that straight couple is, you could say, competing with another gay couple to get the child. Uh, just because they're straight, it doesn't mean that they may have more qualities than the other person or the other way around, right? So it's like, we're we're just the same you know like we're we're not trying to take away your rights we're trying to match your rights and have the same rights and just just be on the same level like we're not here to take away from you we're here to share with you what you can bring to this world and what we know we can bring to this world like we you don't need to put all that carry on straight couples shoulders Let's share the load. There is plenty of work to do in this world and those rights enable us to take care of others and just just do good all, all, like yeah, in general. Yeah, I know a lot of straight uh, couples that are horrible parents. I know a lot that are great parents, but I know a lot of gay couples that are great parents. Yeah, I've never met yeah. any gay couples that are not great parents, but I'm sure they're out there. They right? probably are, yes, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, they want you to have the rights, but they'll love taking your taxes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So talk about, um, I mean, you moved to Utah and you've been married now five years, but you've been in Utah for how long? Uh, it's coming up to seven years now. Seven, seven years in Utah. And Utah has been a state where there's been significant push towards legislation uh, against gay marriage 
and then also against uh, gay couples having the rights, you know, the standard basic human rights. Um, so talk about what that's been like to live in a state where um, I would say the greater part of the population has been against your personal rights. You would think I'm crazy, but I feel like it's it's very inspiring. You know, like I've we've, we've had the opportunity to travel around. Um, you know, we've been to New York, we've been to San Francisco, we just recently came back from Europe where you don't have the same type of opposition that you have here. Um, but what does that, what effect does that have? It makes me passionate, you know, like, mm. like I said, just because there's so much adversity against these communities on minorities, you can talk about race, you can talk about sexual orientation, other religions, etc. It makes these groups just come together in a stronger way because we know we may not have the general public support, but we've got each other. And I can sincerely tell you that I feel like the LGBTQ plus community here in Allies in Utah is very strong. All the advocates that I've met for the community are very passionate about protecting others, are very passionate about defending, creating inclusive spaces. So yeah, there is a lot of um, resistance against us, but that's what makes this community so strong because we fight together. So do I see myself living elsewhere? Maybe if life brings me to a different place, yes. Do I feel like it's challenging sometimes because I see the news and I see things happening? Does it make me sad? Yes, it does. But at the same time, I'm like, I know I can look around and I can find people who have share their support unconditionally. And I know that they would be willing to defend me in situations that I may face. So it is, it, it, it creates in this sense of strength. I gotta help others because I know there's many people here, a small community, but it's a strong one. And it's beautiful. It's you know, like it's like if you're gonna have people against you, you might as well live in a beautiful state. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I used what to ask people that? that all the time uh, when I was living in Utah, living downtown, and then they would have the parade and friends of ours. And when I first got to Utah, because I knew about what Steve had talked about, you know, so much resistance. But it was interesting. I would ask people about why they still go to church? Why Why are you in Utah when there's so many other, other places that are so accepting of the community? And people would look at me and say, I love Utah. It's beautiful. And and and, and they make it cool to raise kids here. So there's a, the other part of, of the community is people who just love Utah. And, you know, I loved Utah. And, you know, I would go in places and I'd be the only Black person. I didn't care. I was like, you know what? You can kill me, but I'm going to die right here in Utah because it's so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a great answer, Carlos. I mean, you're talking about that uh, being here has strengthened your resolve. It's fed your passion. And yeah, it is you know, a I great answer. I, I grew up in Utah and uh, spent the majority of my life in Utah. I grew up in the major religion here. Uh, I'm not a part of it anymore. And um, this topic that we're talking about tonight is one of those reasons why. 
because I don't believe in the opposition. And the funny thing is, while you're talking about the passion that you have that's driven um, because of the opposition against you, I think about growing up and learning about my pioneer ancestors and the opposition that people in the church had from other places. And, and I think to myself, just from a pure logical sense, wouldn't a people, wouldn't a group of people who dealt with so much opposition early on and so much persecution be mm. the same types of people that would look from the other person's perspective and have compassion, but it's just not the case, especially not here in Utah. I, the, the opposition against the LGBTQ community is so fierce at times, and oftentimes then veiled afterwards of, well, we didn't really push hard against that legislation. Well, you did. We read the documents, we saw the money getting pushed behind it. So I love that you take a compassionate tone to it because I'm far less compassionate about that. Um, and I feel like I've earned the right to be less compassionate because I played on that side of the, uh, of the aisle. I never went against the community, but I was a part of the organization that did. And when I saw what was going on, that was part of my reasoning for saying, I can't be a part of this anymore. So talk a little bit more about some of the opposition that you faced i know there was a conversation that you and i had over social media at one point where um you had a person that we won't mention her name that was very um rude almost hateful in comments about um your support of the community and i can't remember the details of how it came up but this back and forth that happened really shocked me i mean this was a person that i had known from the uh, gym for several years and obviously i've known you for several years and i was blown away at the hate fire spitting out of her mouth um, and how you handled it was just beautiful talk a little bit about some of these hateful things that you've had to deal with yeah so i mean um i love i love that you're sharing that so uh, like I said, I'm very passionate, you know, about letting people know that they're safe with me. And that takes courage, you know, like I got to be vulnerable. Yeah. So for Pride Month, me and my husband, I mean, I'm the one who is the creative one and usually likes to go overboard with things. So I decided to get this huge inflatable unicorn, put it on the front lawn. <laughs> And That's then with this rainbow like drapes coming up from like the first uh, story and we just had this big pride display right for pride month um the intention of that it is yes i want people to know that we are in a couple of the community here but for me it's more like being a beacon for those people around that may not be able to be as loud as I am, but that they know that I'm being loud and that they can be loud too when the moment comes for them, the right moment, and they'll be fine. So what happened is um, apparently that display did upset someone uh, because I was pushing an agenda too much um, and that I wouldn't just like shut up about being gay. And this person claimed that, you know, oh, I'm an ally. Like I yeah, have can't, can't you just be less gay? Come on, Carlos. Exactly. Just be, right. just be less gay. Don't, don't <laughs> like be gay, but don't tell us you're gay. All right. Don't show it. Right. Like yeah. it, it was funny because this person like totally used the card. I have gay friends, so I'm not homophobic. So then 
you think like, I mean, just you having gay friends doesn't mean you're not homophobic. Well, you're telling me here that I'm being too loud, that I'm pushing my agenda. Um, and funny enough, I'll share this with you. Uh, a few days later, I got a call from the HOA saying that I was violating the rules because uh, mm. I was having two flags instead of when I'm only able to, to have one. And I questioned them. I say, hey, did anyone complain? And they're like, no, we're just calling all the houses to remind them about the policy. So I say, huh. hey, if I go and, call, and, and talk to my neighbors and ask them if they got a call, they will tell me they also got a call, correct? And they said, oh, well, like, and I asked my neighbors, did anyone else get a call? And they said, no. So I told them, hey, I just want you to know if you're calling me because someone told you about what I have up front, you know, like, I just want you to know that you are supporting homophobia, you know, because they are complaining only because of what I have in front. That's discrimination. Exactly. Like, yeah. you see people here in this community, they put on huge things for holidays. Right. But huge displays for Christmas, for Halloween, and these are all different beliefs, right? So why am I not allowed to have my pride displayed on Pride Month? Um, they didn't know what to say at that point, and I asked them if they were going to find me, but then I would go ahead and just make it public what they had done. And they said, no, we're just giving courtesy calls. So it kind of ended there. But, you know, it's, it just kind of shows you how some people will want to silence you and will try to say hurtful things to you, you know. Um, yeah. But, hey, if you, like, um, I heard a trainer once say, like, if you are not facing opposition, if people are not talking or are trying to confront you and tell you what you're doing wrong, doing is wrong, then you're not doing things right. Right. When you shine is when people will try to come and dim your light. So, yes, I sometimes get told you're you're too much like your pride display. I had people I had. Seriously, I had like this. This is really touching to me. But like I've had people like when I had that display up front come up to me and say, like, I love that, you know, like that. That's very inspiring. And I hope that others who are struggling see it out there. You know, so they feel they don't feel alone. So. Yeah, it, it, it's funny we, we talk about this, you know, and, and this whole idea of I think there's almost different levels of comfort that people have where some people will say, I'm OK if you're gay, but just don't show it too much. Right. I'm OK if you're a couple, but I don't want to give you your rights. And this got brought up in a conversation that I was having with another friend of this. Well, I don't, I don't appreciate when people in the gay community are flashy and they show it off or they, like you were talking about with your um, big unicorn. And I just looked at them and I said, wait just a second. And this is another one where I leaned into, I know their background. I know that they're a part of the major religion here. And I said, what is it about the religion that you belong to that is uh, very mild and what, what do you mean that you don't show off? Well, we don't, we don't show off. So drive around town. These temples are everywhere. They're big, they're bold, they're flashy. They've got carvings all over them. This was, a, and actually it was funny because we were talking about that and 
tattoos on the body. And someone was giving me a hard time because of my tattoos. And I said, your temples have tattoos. They have symbolism all over them. The inside, outside, they're all over, right? But they're big, they're bold, they're flashy. You cannot, in fact, um, one of my friends who's a pilot told me that uh, it, temples are often used by pilots as ways to navigate because they are so easy to find because they're so bright. So why is it okay in that instance to promote a belief or promote a lifestyle, but it's not okay for you to have your big ass unicorn on your front lawn, right? Exactly. I think it's just uh, people are not okay with being uncomfortable about things that they don't agree with. But that's that goes back to the same principle that my mom taught me. You know, like yeah, you're 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 welcome and then you're encouraged to share what you believe in um, and just just shine just as long as you're not affecting others and in no way I I felt like I was affecting anyone by by having a, a unicorn out there you know am I ma- am, am I gonna make someone gay uh, it doesn't work that way you know like, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up that was actually going to be one of my questions because I know that that's a common misconception that if people spend time with, uh, if, if somebody is straight and they spend time with someone that is gay, that somehow they're going to become gay. It's, it's going to rub off. Yeah. What, what happened? What just happened? I, I, I think I'm gay now. Miles, you're gay because you've been on this podcast now with Carlos. Oh, my God. Just... I know this joke that says, like, what made you gay? Like, people asking, like, what made you gay? Oh, when I was younger, you know, I sneezed and my mom didn't say bless you. So then I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, like, <laughs> I've never heard that one before like that. Like, I, it doesn't quite work that way. You know, I just, I just, I mean, I feel like we, by nature, we're just loving um, humans. Like that's our nature to extend love. We want to feel welcome. And the, the reason why we extend love is because we want to receive the same back. We want to feel cared for. We want to show care. And, you know, like, because you see more gay couples on TV, because you see people holding hands on the street, and then all of a sudden this person say like, well, my whole life I've only known straight, but I've never really explored if I may be this way. So it's Mm. not that it's making people gay. It's not that it's making, changing people's sexuality. It's just that it's allowing people to really find out who they are without being afraid. You know, like, yeah, everyone says that the gay population is growing. I think, I, I have a feeling that we're just about the same numbers as we were in the past. It's just that, you know, now we have social media. Now you see it everywhere. It's more common to see it. And more yeah. people are living their true authentic lives versus in the past they were pretending. So yeah, seeing a gay couple doesn't make you gay. It teaches you that if that's who you are, that it's okay. Yeah, I, I, I've got the same theory. I have nothing to back it up, but I do have the same theory. I don't know that there are any more or any less uh, people in the community than there were before. There's just a platform now. There's a platform for people to feel comfortable and a platform for people to live their authentic life and so we're seeing more people in the community uh, just be themselves. 
and there's laws and protection that weren't there before. So people are not as afraid as they were in the past. Let's talk a little bit about laws and protection. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were in physical danger? I know that that's a big, big thing. Uh, in fact, there was a gentleman that worked for us um, at the gym that uh, I had to cancel a guy's membership because of some derogatory comments that he had made and some threatening comments. Um, and so I know that that's still common in, in our day and age. You ever been in a situation like that? I feel like fortunately, I don't think I've, uh, due to my sexuality that I've ever been faced with that threat of being physically assaulted. Luckily, I mean, uh, you've met my husband, like mm -hmm. a guy, right? He's tall and big guy. So I, I don't think no one has ever dared to approach us that way. <laughs> there you go. But I, and I'm a smaller guy, right? But I feel like physically, I have not experienced that and I'm very grateful for that because I I'm small but I'm fiery so I'm not sure how I would react to that yeah yeah well you're pretty buff and your husband looks like he could kick anybody's ass so uh, <clears throat> I could see that that uh, people aren't going to go down that route with with you too he's 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 a big guy so <laughs> yeah yeah he is he, he lifts a lot of weight yes uh, Carlos, for, for people who are listening to this, so you, you mentioned before that, you know, spending time with somebody that's gay is not going to turn a person gay. Um, for someone that is listening to this and saying, hey, you know what, I am pretty ignorant. I might not be homophobic. I may not have fear, but I'm ignorant. Where do they start? What does that look like for a person who may not have people in the community around them uh, or in their life, where did they start to become more aware and more educated? I feel like they're nowadays, thankfully, thanks to technology and all these platforms we have, there is many resources um, that you can find and where, where you can learn. Um, you know, I love this one local one, which is um, called Encircle. Uh, which they they started specializing with the youth down in Utah County. Um, and, you know, I, I attended one of their meetings once and it was just informative. You know, they were kind of sharing their experiences. Um, so I, I encourage people, you know, like if they want to learn it, they feel like, hey, like, um, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about your community. Like, there is very reliable websites that you can go to and just listen to people's experience or reach out to the local Pride Center, right? We have the Utah Pride Center here in Utah. They have a website. They have tons of resources there that you can learn from. So there is always a resource. And believe it or not, I think that every person everywhere has at least one person they know they're part of the community. And a lot of times they're afraid to approach them because they may have heard them in the past. They may have said things or they did not agree with their lifestyle, but it's never too late to reconnect. Yes, that person may need time to heal, to just kind of think through what just happened if you know you get reapproached by that person that hurt you. Um, but it, it's never too late. And 
if you come from the sincereness of your husband and say like, I'm sorry, I was ignorant back then. That's all I knew. At least me, I know that I would tell that person, don't worry, we're gonna start again. And let me help you understand. Let me, let me show you that I'm a regular person. Just like Miles said, just it, because of the person that I may be having sex with, like it doesn't change the other things. I still, right. I still sleep. I still do all those things that you do too. So let me show you that I'm like you. And yeah. we're not different. What a beautiful answer. I love that. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, regardless of how old a person is or how much experience they have in life, we can all learn more. Miles mentioned earlier that, um, you know, when the uh, riots were happening um, after the, uh, the death of George Floyd and BLM was, you know, this movement was happening across the country. I called him up and I said, hey, I need to have a conversation with you. I need to know where I'm, where am I missing? Are, are there areas that I'm missing as a uh, straight white guy in Utah that I need to understand how to think about this in a different way? And I've had this conversation uh, with uh, friends in, my, in the LGBTQ community as well to say, help me understand how can I be better and help me understand what I'm not seeing. I just and, told Steve to send me some money and, and that yeah. smooths everything. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> but, but every time I've asked that question or a version of that question, I've had phenomenal conversations. There's never been a time where someone has um, put me down for my ignorance or for asking the question because I want to know. We all have blind spots in life. And I think it's important to open this, these uh, conversations up because we can learn something every single time. Uh, I think, I mean, uh, um, I like to think that one of the first things we need to do when we wanna learn, because yeah, I mean, I'm part of a minority, but I, there's other, out, other ones out there that I don't understand and I don't know their pain. And I wanna learn and I'm desperate to know how I can help, which I really appreciate because you're showing that feeling. My advice to everyone who's wanting to learn is to humble yourself and then forget everything you know from your perspective and learn about others. Like I, I just had a beautiful lesson um, that was taught to me, you know, um, like I said, I have this French friend and it, he, he shared with me that here in the United States, uh, the Amer we Americans have this very big pride about being, being Americans and we're better than everyone, you know, and mm -hmm. like U.S., go for it. Like <clears throat> Olympics, the U.S. gets all these gold medals. And he shared with me something. He was like, why does it feel like it's always a competition? And that just kind of like, I was like, wow, like I had, hadn't thought about it. But yeah, it's a great question though. I feel guilty, you know, it's like, I feel like I've had that pride within myself of saying like, oh yeah, like just because I live here, because I'm a citizen, just um, like I'm better, you know? And sometimes we do those things without noticing in areas that we don't think it matters but it does. So now I, every time 
you know, after having that conversation, I was like, all right, I know the United States is a beautiful place. I've traveled around it. I've known its people. Now tell me how wonderful is French people? Mm. Tell me about your history. And, you know, I, I just learned and I fell in love with the culture. And I say, you know, what? We're, we're different people. We come from different places and we, we live different lives. But one more time, we're just like each other. And I, I don't feel in any way I'm better than, than him for where I live or, or anything like that. It actually made me, <laughs> made me realize how mistaken I was that I hadn't allowed myself to, to learn more about others. And now I'm anxious. Now I can't wait till next time I travel and I talk to someone and uh, tell me how beautiful their country is and their family, their culture, their food, everything. It's it's life-changing when you humble yourself. Yeah, travel can do that. I think as we go throughout life, oftentimes we pick up these uh, beliefs and these prejudices that we put in a bag that we carry along. And little by little, that bag becomes more and more full. And until we stop and look at it and say, wow, I picked up a lot of stuff along the way that I need to get rid of and pull those things out of the bag, examine them and say, do I really believe in this anymore? Or is this prejudice serving me anymore? It's those moments that we truly start to grow. And we have to ask ourselves, why do we continue to believe or why do we continue to hold on to those things? So I think you, 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 painted that picture beautifully. Well, Carlos, I think we've, we've had a, a beautiful conversation tonight about um, your experience and then also how other people can jump into becoming an ally. You know, at, uh, at Evolve, we, we really believe that um, personal growth and personal evolution happens by stacking one simple habit on top of another. It uh, doesn't have to be difficult. It just has to be something that people stick with. If you were to give our listeners one simple habit that you would like them to build on, what would it be? To reach out to someone that you may not that very well and learn about them. Beautiful answer. That's great. I think once you learn the prejudice moves away and you realize how closely connected we all are. Human beings are the same wherever you go. It doesn't matter race, color, creed, sexual orientation, sexual preference, none of that matters. We are all the same. Well, Carlos, what a, what a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, and on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve podcast. I want to thank our guest, Carlos Deborah Boyer, for joining us tonight and my co-host, W. Miles Riley. Um, we've had a great conversation and we hope that you, our evolutionary listeners, took something with you that will help you not only in your personal evolution, but to be an ally to help evolve our society. Carlos, uh, I know you mentioned at the beginning of the show, but I'd like you to mention it again. What is the best way for people to connect with you, follow your personal evolution, or if people have questions after this episode, how do they get in contact with you? 
For sure. Um, my Instagram is open to everyone. Um, it's uh, it's me, Carlos Deb. So my first name is C-A-R-L-O-S and my last name D-E-B. It's me, Carlos Deb. You can also follow the page due to Pride Stories where I, I'm going to be working harder on that page to make sure that we have plenty of stories for people to come and read and, and feel inspired. And um, yeah, and one thing I just wanted to say to you, Stephen Miles, is that I want to thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, it's It means a lot. And I know, like you mentioned, we're, we're in Utah, but just, just think of this, how beautiful will it be when Utah becomes the place of change where people like Steve, like Miles, have the courage to take on projects like this and inspire others to change, then Utah will become a beacon, a place that nobody thought it would, but I can see the courage in people like you and Miles, and that's that's very inspiring. So I have a lot of hope for this place. Well, thank you. We do as well. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, thank you. Well, folks, uh, remember that it does take time and consistency to evolve, but first you have to disrupt but now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve. Thank you for listening to the Evolve Podcast. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at evolve underscore cast and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve.